0: to be. Its purpose is enlightenment. Its product
1: is coast boys the playground of the star. Welcome back. Best Coast Boys podcast, guys, we have run into all kinds of technical issues, whether it's a fire or a power outage or whatever's going on. We've had some struggles this week, but we are here despite all of that, gutting it through uh, for an important game. And, and, that, and it's not just an analogy for the Cowboys and the Eagles this week. Uh, I am, of course, uh, Landon McCool. You can find me on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also find me on the uh, Locked on Cowboys podcast with Marcus Mosier. Come uh, join us. And I am joined via telephone by Dallas Morning News contributor John Oning. John, say what's up to the people.
0: How's it going, everybody? You guys know where to find me on Twitter at John Owning. J-O-H-N-O-W-N-I-N-G. Make sure you guys are all reading all my work over at Dallas Morning News at and yeah coming to you live from the, from the Toyota Camry on my way over <laughs> to go teach some jiu-jitsu, you know so you guys better make sure you guys got get those five stars ready because if not I'm prepared.
1: We we posted a video a little bit earlier in the week from uh, John posted it and I retweeted it from the uh, Best Coast Boys account. Uh, just a little preview of what happens if you don't give us five star reviews. So, <laughs> um, it's not it's not pretty. So uh, coming up on the show again, we have another double show. It's just been crazy these last two weeks. We promise to get back on schedule uh, once things settle down. Next week we're gonna have the bye week, so I'm thinking we might have a special guest come in and we'll kind of have a little review of what's going on. Uh, but this week we have business to take care of. We got to look at, as much as we don't want to look at, the uh, the Jets uh, tape versus the Cowboys. Uh, we have both offense and defense. It's going to be a, a bit abbreviated, unfortunately, like I said, because we're having to do one pod. Uh, and then if we have time at the end, we, we may, and this is all based on how much drive time John has, uh, we, we might try to get to the Gucci game, Gucci game, Gucci game, and the Ratchet matchups of the week. Uh, but if not it's gonna be all uh all twenty two review and and I, that's never a bad thing either um John before we get started let's take a look at uh the cowboys news and injury updates shall we
0: or as I like to call it their visit to the lazarus pit
1: <laughs> all right here we go uh let's see let's see who came crawling out of uh <laughs> of, uh, <Ra's laughs> Al Ghul's, uh Uh, mystical pits of of rejuvenation um it looks like you know despite a lot of doom and gloom um, coming in uh, especially on Wednesday's practice uh, Tyron Smith Lael Collins both were able to find their ways back into a, a, a some sort of practice on Thursday and then it sounds like we're actually going to get something from Cooper and Cobb today as well. I don't know if that actually what that actually means for their playing, um, but I think all of those things are extremely good news for a uh, Cowboys team that looked extremely beat up, limping it their way into the Eagles game. And you know, to be clear, the Eagles are not exactly healthy. They definitely yeah, are going to exactly. be without Deshaun Jackson. Um, it doesn't look like Jason Peters is going to make it. I, I haven't really got a good feel on D- Darren Sproles. I don't know if you've heard anything there, um, but I, I and, and I obviously Timmy Jernigan and, and some of these other guys are just not playing. They are getting Jalen Mills back for the first time in a year, which I, I frankly don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I so so but... what'd you say? Say it one more time.
0: I said, it's a good thing for Amari if he plays. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so really, I think that's, you know, kind of where we are. I, I, I feel better about the the chance, and I said it on Locked On podcast all week that, you know, if even one of these two tackles for the Cowboys play, that really changes the the outlook of this game to a, a, a lot a lot of ways. So uh, if they both play, uh, and the, and they can perform well, I mean, I I I've, I have a little sense of hope. You know that something. They may be able to figure something out. Zach Martin also had taken a a, a a basically a vet day, and he was back, it sounds like, as well today in practice. Um, John, do you have anything to add or anything you want to point out in, in this injury report or, or
0: anything going into the Eagles game this week? You know, like you said, getting, uh, getting one of the offensive tackles back, either Lyle Collins or Tyrant Smith, or even potentially both totally changes the outlook on the game, especially – because then it's a lot easier to give help to one side if only one misses against this Eagles pass rush, which is pretty pretty potent as we've seen in the past.
1: Absolutely, it's and they've, you know, they've done some interesting things this year to kind of mitigate some of the losses they've had inside. They've been using Brandon Graham inside a little bit more on passing downs, which has been very successful for them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is this is you know led by Fletcher Cox. This is really a, a, a pass a ferocious pass rush. So. Not having, not having a full complement of your offensive lineman is definitely something that would be difficult to face uh, against this this Eagles front front seven or you know at least front four. Um, all right, let's 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 get into the less. I mean, I think this was so much fun, but let's get into the uh, the less fun part of this conversation and, and look back at the uh, at the Jets all twenty two tape. Um, yes, let's do it. Let's start with the offense. Uh, I only have a couple quick notes and, and some, some broad ones first, and then we'll kind of move in position by position. Uh, clearly the offense has moved away from a lot of things that has made it special the first few weeks. I mean, I think that no one is going to be surprised by uh, saying that it seems like specifically play action is way down. Um, motion and shifts, I mean, it feels like they're still being used uh, to a lot, but uh, I mean, I think... You know, when they're they're running the ball a lot on first down. Um, and I'm not as I don't have as much of an issue like here's the thing. I actually didn't have as much of an issue with how much they ran the ball in that game specifically, because it just felt like Dak was taking constant hits.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and they and I think that's one of the things that you know, can get lost in these analytic conversations is that, you know, you, it's hard to place a value on snaps where, how do you say this? Like you have to play a snap on offense, but you don't have to get your quarterback hit every single snap, you know? And so there is some inherent value to trying to just gain a few yards and not have your quarterback take a vicious hit and, and a cumulative effect or, or avoiding the cumulative effect of your quarterback taking constant hits by continuing yeah. to pass the ball, even if you find success, because ultimately, what happens if you find success, find success, you're doing great, and then in the fourth quarter you lose your quarterback because, you know, they got a, a shot to the chest and broke a rib, you know, or you know, it's <laughs> like, I think that there's some value there. Now, what I do think is the way they're running the football. The methodology that they're using for running the football, I think, you know, the, the you know, running into heavy boxes, uh, you know, I, I haven't had as much of an issue with them running on first down the way they have been, but the, only with the idea that they're running more on passing to, on second down. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that they were about 50-50 on second down. I, I kind of would like to see that more of a pass heavy down. um. Mm-hmm. So I think those are all the kind of you know, ten. And again, I think they did have some things that were specifically working well when they were running the ball, getting in eleven personnel and running that kind of GT pull play. that's basically straight out of the Lincoln Riley playbook. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think stuff like that is it played well and it worked well. And I I think there was – I am going to give a little bit of leeway to the play callers here that I don't know that a lot of other people are because I do think the extenuating circumstances of who was actually on the field and trying to maintain Dak Prescott's health were things that were factoring into play calling that we don't necessarily account for the way that the coaches do. Um, But having said that – I was disappointed because it does seem to be a trend in the wrong direction. It does seem to be problematic for the offense. If they can't use these tools to their full value, uh, that the offense, you know, bogs down. And I think when you add in the fact that they had less talent across the board on offense, uh, it made for really tough slogging against a defense that was attacking all game. Once Cooper left, uh, any thoughts on ten thousand foot view of the offense before we kind of get into specific play?
0: Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think the big, thing like, was the situational play design for passing, especially. There was a lot of times where you saw the Cowboys weren't really ready for the for Greg Williams to blitz. They were running a lot of slow developing routes. They didn't have a lot of hot reads. Like I remember one third down where the Cowboys ran three stop routes with a running back wing on the side of it and that's just not effective against a against a team that's going to blitz heavy on third down and then play man like see them try to scheme up more separation for their receivers with like mesh concepts and stuff of the like and like uh curl flats you know rub routes those type of things to try to get these receivers open in uh in really high leverage situations you saw when they do stuff like that they hit zeke on that swing route where they cleared out the Jets defense. That was a really good play call. I want to see more play calls like that. I want to see, I don't want to see on, especially on third downs. I just don't want to see play design for the passes where the receipt it's on the receivers to get open. I want to see some schemes, some, some crossing or some rub concepts, something to be able to create space or out leverage these defenders and not just leave it on to your receivers to get open or or to create space at the line at the uh, first down marker.
1: Yeah, and now let's let's be clear. The other half of that equation is that you know, wide receivers got to find a way to get open. Like and mm-hmm. and they got to they got to perform because and well, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh I thought the wide receivers had generally well, you know what? Let me let me back that up. I think Michael Gallup generally had a terrible game.
0: Oh yeah, it was his worst um, game
1: of the year. I I actually was decently surprised by Cedric Wilson and Tavon Austin's performances. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know that, you know. I think the nature of how all of the injuries developed, I, I don't really remember. I mean, I, I feel like the, Cobb kind of ca- caught them surprised at the end of the week. But then obviously Cooper, like, you know, he actually went into the game and played some snaps and then, you know, had to come out and did play the rest of the game. Yeah, I, I think
0: that really threw them for a loop. I, I think that I really changed their game plan that so early in the game, Amari was out.
1: Yeah, I did too, and that's that's kind of what I was going to get at is that I feel like what you saw was Wilson and Austin, you know, kind of running those guys' routes. You know, it wasn't like they were getting; these weren't play designs to get Tavon Austin in the game and get him the ball. It, it felt like it was a lot of stuff that they were just kind of running the routes that they had planned for the guys that ended up not playing. Uh, yeah. But yes, I very very much agree that it it felt like once Cooper left the game, a lot of the game plan probably ended up getting scrapped because it, it, a lot of it was based on Cooper. Um, and I think that combined with everything else made play calling very problematic. It shrunk it probably shrunk the playbook quite a bit once you know they realized they didn't have either of their two tackles. They didn't have now they suddenly don't have Cooper and now they're trapped in the box with a, an attacking defense. You know, that makes without without really an ability outside of Gallup and you know randomly Tavon Austin to back this, these guys off, to 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 find a way to, to send them deep to create space underneath, mm-hmm. uh, and, and if Gallup's going to drop three passes, uh, I mean, I feel like they're going to con- they basically were going to let us beat, try to beat them with with the passing attack, and it just you know, it wasn't happening. I mean, even though Dak was performing well, you know, the drops uh, and and you know the combination of. And we won't even we'll get into the referees. I've got a whole knob nah bra section, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know I think there was for 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 the Jets they played an efficient game on offense and then were able to execute enough big plays at least one big play per drive that they scored a touchdown on, and it felt mm-hmm. like the Cowboys were not able to do that same thing. They they were able to inconsistently get some plays and they were not efficiently moving the ball down the field until really the second half. And by that time they were getting off track because of penalties, you know, real or not, uh, because of play of, you know, bad play by their skill players. Uh, and then eventually I think, you know, the, 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 the protection broke down to a certain degree and, and, and it made things even more difficult. So, um, Let's anything on the wide receivers, I guess, specifically that you wanted to talk about before we kind of move on to some other position groups.
0: Yeah, I was just, like you said, I was disappointed, especially in Michael Gallup. I thought even if uh, Mari Cooper wasn't there, I thought this was a really good opportunity for Michael Gallup to have a good game. I mean, the Jets corners aren't that great. Tremaine Johnson has been a huge disappointment for them this year. And I was really hoping he was going to be able to take advantage of them better, but. Yeah, I was, I was impressed by Tavon Austin, though. I think he did the most with the opportunities that he was given and stuff. But, I, like I said, I think that Amari Cooper leaving the game three plays in just really messed with their game plan. And they just struggled adjusting after that.
1: Without a doubt, um, and I think, you know, without specific plays to them to get them open and just kind of subbing them into the game plan – yeah, I think it was just tough sledding. It was it was difficult, and uh, clearly, Dak did what he do, could to try to keep the game alive. Let's talk about Dak. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that he, for the most part, had a, a another good game where he's doing what he can with what he's got. Um, you know, I I don't know all the checks. You, neither one of us know all the checks. Yep. Um, nope. But but I would say that there were a couple. And of let checks. me just
0: say that I think it, it's. It's pretty funny that those on Twitter think that they know all the checks and all the situations where they yeah. can check and know what all the availability to check on every play. It's not; he doesn't have the ability to check into any play he wants to on any given play. You know, there's a set there's set checks for each type of play and each formation and each play type. You know, and each, and each situation that they've drilled and play and planned throughout the week. It's not like he has this unlimited reign to change into whatever he wants.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and I you know but I think that that here's the thing. I think that some of the things that we recognize as checks that may not have worked out as well i mean i I think it's probably easy to see that he's uh, that he's making a check. What I think is difficult and unfair for people is to assume that that's Dak's fault if the check yeah. doesn't work because often. It could be a, a schematic issue. It could be, hey, this is a bad check, but he's been coached into checking there. He mm-hmm. may be making the call correctly and executing correctly as a quarterback, recognizing what's happening, but structurally it was a bad check versus the defense, and, and it was mm-hmm. a bad schematic decision. So uh, yeah. I, I do agree with the general consensus that it felt like there were some times when they checked into runs when maybe they shouldn't have, and just by you know proxy of what you saw on the screen – I think it's uh, unwise or at least inaccurate to think that we can sit here and blame the failure of the check necessarily on the guy who makes the check. I guess that's yeah, the best way to say it.
0: Exactly. That's a, I couldn't have said it better myself, honestly.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as and, and far as throws go, look, I mean, there were some throws that were off target. I mean, because he's you know a person, a human being playing quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but I think you know there is also kind of a case trying to be made by some people post game that a lot of the bad drops and stuff that happened were his fault. I mean, come on, guys! Like like most of this stuff was on. It's on the wide receivers. It's on the guys on on their end. I'm not saying that Dak didn't put the ball p- placed it perfectly anywhere he needs, but I mean, generally speaking, if you get two hands on the ball, you got to catch the ball. Like exactly. I, I mean, you're, you're an exactly. NFL wide receiver. That's, that's the rule when you're in high school, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think, uh, I think there was some, you know, some issues there generally with, and it wasn't just, it wasn't just Gallup. I mean, Witten had a big drop. Uh, I, I think uh, Jarwin had a play where he probably could have come down with it. I mean, it was a tough play, but I, I, uh, you know, you got you guys got to make a play for your quarterback. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying?
0: Um, yeah, got to go ahead.
1: You got to make a play for your quarterback, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, all right, let's talk about tight ends. I mean, the, 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 you know, I think ultimately, uh, you know, Winton was able to do a couple things. I feel like he, if he had Mabel, if <laughs> this would have been a different game if they, first of all, they didn't call back that obvious no. Offensive pass interference uh, touchdown that Win would have gotten. I mean, oh, that was that just was,
0: ridiculous. That was so ridiculous. And oh, I'll I'm get it heated. Right dude. I was so heated. I was that's, so heated. How are you gonna call OPI when the defender touches him first? Exactly.
1: Exactly. How do you call OPI when the defender initiates contact on the player? And he wasn't even the player that got that quote unquote got interfered got with. Yeah. Like that's the crazy thing. It's so, you know, I man, like that was so again. We'll get into it, but this week, uh, yeah, look, I got a whole knob on, on the refs. We'll we'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, but but I, I think if if, if Witten catches that ball, or catches the ball that he dropped uh, the drop, or catches the ball where it was the well, I I don't even know was it like a wheel route that he was running and yeah, he it was, it was like the one handed over his over yeah. his head like in the end zone. If he catches mm-hmm. any one of those balls, and really, honestly, the one, the only one that's really his fault, I, it, quote unquote, is is the the one that was the obvious drop by him, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: the other two, like that, would have been an amazing play by Whitney if he had tough. done the over the it's shoulder.
0: It's vertical is twelve inches to to get yeah. up there to get those ones.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I mean, it would have been uh, unbelievable <laughs> if he had done it. And uh, but yeah, I, I think for the most part, the Titans didn't play poorly. Um, i think they kind of got put into positions that aren't the best for them because you know once the wide receivers got hurt uh now they're doing a bunch of 12 and 13 personnel and they're having to block on run on rundowns which isn't always the greatest he even saw yeah, another Schultz. another
0: week another another jarwin whiff. yeah I, I, I wanted to message you as soon as i saw that I was like, here we go here we go again <sighs> man i saw again. one play where i
1: was i saw him seal off a defensive end and and drive him to the ground and i was like man he looks great and then I'm like, oh yeah, no, wait, that's sixty-nine. That's not <laughs> <laughs> no, That wasn't eighty-nine. You look no. so much better. Oh and man, look what a great job getting the reach. Look at the Cut finish. that defensive off. Man, I'm so I'm so <laughs> excited. Oh no, wait, that was our t- offensive tackle. Oh. uh so yeah. I, that happened to me at least um two or three times when it caught my eye and I was like, Oh wow, Jarwin! I'm like, um oh, no, no. The first time, I'm not gonna lie. The first time, I got real excited because I saw it, and, and they were all down, and I couldn't make out the number, and I was like, "Is this an off-balanced formation? What did they get? They took the tackle out, and they got the tight end there." Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's just that uh, no. I think Brandon Knight needs to put it put on some weight, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I I will say, speaking of Brandon Knight, uh, still kind of struggling at times to stop giving him ground. Still Mm -hmm. needs to kind of sink his weight down uh, to stop power rush just going through him. Um, Mm -hmm. Still shuffling too much and backwards, not not actually getting his feet set and stopping this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he needs more strength. That's going to be an off-season thing. I I think he played admirably for for Mm -hmm. what his deficiencies are. Um, And uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm proud of where he is. He definitely has a ways to go before he's ready to be a regular player on this team. Uh, but still, great. This is he's in a great spot for his career at this point right now, especially considering where it started. And then the last thing I'll bring up on the offensive line, you can comment is I thought this was Travis Frederick's best game. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, he came out and said it. He still isn't Travis Frederick, you know, pre pre illness. Uh, but I, I have to say, there were things that I saw him do in this game that I had not seen him do previously this season, strength wise. Uh, you know, sealing off guys like Williams and and some of these guys interior, interior wise by himself, that felt like real progress there. So what were your thoughts on the offensive line?
0: Yeah. Let me just say, it's frustrating when the people jump on the one or two or three plays a game where Travis Frederick is a little bit off balance or he gets moved off the point of attack or something. And they latch onto that to say that he's just, he's, he's just never going to be the same Frederick. He's just not the same guy. And obviously he's not the same guy, but he's not bad either. He's not, He's actually pretty damn good still. Uh, he could start on, what do you think, 25, 26, 27 of the NFL teams? Easy. The way he's Easy. playing right Just now? Just right now. Right, right now? Yeah, 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 I mean, I think he's been, like you said, I think he's been he's been really good. I thought Zach Martin played a really good game too. I thought it was another positive performance for him, especially given the fact that he's fighting through a lot of injuries. I think his presence over there gives Knight a lot of help, and uh, especially in the run game. And uh, one thing that oh yeah, another little design thing that frustrated me is I don't think the Cowboys are giving Knight enough help in the run game. I think they're they're not as they're not making the little adjustments for yeah. Zach Martin to give Knight those little helps and you know those outside zone runs where Zach Martin I, doubles down on the nose and then climbs.
1: I saw that I exchange he, you had with Bratus and I actually agree yeah. with you. I, I feel like he easily could have given some help there.
0: Yeah, just give him a little bit of help because I mean. I know on the on the Notepad it looks like Brandon Knight should be able to reach that type of like a three technique in outside zone, but it's Quentin Williams versus Brandon Knight. This is the best defensive player in the recent draft versus a guy who didn't even get drafted. He's not going to make that block, you know, and he, he's going to make that block maybe two or three times out of ten. Quentin Williams is really good. He has really good hands. He's quick. He's stronger than Brandon Knight. That's just I think you're setting your undrafted rookie up to fail to fail in those situations.
1: Yeah, uh, and I think, really, it's. Uh, I honestly think that Martin just forgot. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I just think you know he's used to not having to do that kind of thing <laughs> for Lale and forgot that night was over there. But yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. You're on your way to your second target. All you gotta do is just little little reach and a punch. You don't even have to lean your body that way. All you gotta do is just a quick jab, and that disrupts the guy uh, just enough that your your guy can then get an angle a round, get a yeah. pangle, get get able to get in front of him all he needs is a step uh, an extra little half step to get the good angle on that block uh, and if you can just jab jab his guy once on the way to your guy which is something that you know we see these guys do a lot it's not like it's an unreasonable ask it's it's you know it's kind of part of the teaching at certain points of, of working in a in a unified offensive front, uh zone zone well not zone read zone run front you know is it's you're working as a whole so you, you do need to kind of help each other out in those situations so um uh, yeah i i think that there there were situations where they you know i think they made a conscious effort it feels like to really give these guys their tackles not a ton of help you know mm-hmm. and, and and try to just see what they could do and that they put a lot of that onus on on, onus on Dak. And honestly, I, I don't blame them because really, like this whole offense is kind of based on the idea of, you know, limited protections and and trusting the guys that you have in the offensive line to do the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, I think that you know you you it 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 shows it when they're able to pr- produce when I'm sorry when they're able to. Uh, 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 perform like they're able to get guys running free and they're able to get chunk plays but it also shows on plays where Dak is getting the ball off just in time for a short yard or a short gain and then getting absolutely pummeled so um uh, yeah. there's a trade-off there to a certain degree and it, but it's obviously a conscious trade that they made so mm. uh, anything on the offense before we move on to defense quickly no sir All right, we'll quickly get to the defense, and we've obviously taken a ton of time here, so we probably aren't going to do the uh, football segments, but we definitely will get to the knob, Rob, because I I, we gotta talk about this Uh, (laughs) on on defense. uh, You know, I I had a couple, a lot of different notes about individual play. Um, To me, the ten thousand foot view, and you tell me what you think is that. Look. This team is built to bend not break. What that means yeah. is that they want to keep everything in front of them. They don't want to give mm-hmm. up big plays. They want to rally to tackle at the football uh and they want to in the run game, they're going to chase the quarterback and then tackle the runner on the way to the quarterback.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: None of those none of those goals got accomplished <laughs> like <laughs> at the first half. Like that's that's the thing ultimately is what I came up with is that They weren't able to stop the big play at all. That's ultimately would probably kill them. But what really made them bleed heavily early on is that they were unable to stop the big play and they weren't able to tackle at the line of scrimmage in the run game. So what Mm -hmm. you ended up with the Jets is an efficient offense that was able to move. And then, like I mentioned, uh, every snap, every drive that they had had at least one 20 yard plus play in it mm-hmm. and then another drive that they had the one that that uh, Lewis killed with, with the interception in the red zone yeah. that also had a 20 yard play and I think you know yep. if he not he does interception that probably you know was gonna be another touchdown yeah. so I mean I think that' tells you all you need to know you know yeah. like I think all you need to know is that if Dallas had been able to just maintain their ability to keep everything in front of them, make Sam – now look, Darnold had done a good job of moving the ball efficiently down the field, but they still needed the chunk plays to get where they needed to go to score. If Dallas yeah. had figured out a way to tackle, th- tackle the, uh, the run early, not let these – you can't both let the offensive lineman get to the second level and miss tackles in the hole as a defensive lineman. You can't do both. You've got mm-hmm. to be able to do one. Either you got to prevent those linemen from getting to the second level or you've got to make the tackle in the hole when it presents itself to you. Um, mm-hmm. And they weren't able to do any of those things. So without the ability to stop the run at the first level and then letting the offensive line get to the second level, they were finding chunks in the run game. Without the ability to keep everything in front of them uh, and, and to maintain uh, space on the back end, they 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 were allowing chunk plays and so the you know lightly efficient offense was able to be supplemented by big play and that's how they were able to score three touchdowns in the first half and then once they did that it basically changed the shape of the game it changed the way the Cowboys played they were forced to have to try to figure out a way they didn't want to be forced into being one dimensional because of the offensive line problems despite the fact that Cooper was hurt uh, and so that's why I think they had to run the ball more because they needed to find a way to get some success while also not exposing Dak to getting killed all the time. But again, the fact that the, the Jets scored so much so early made that almost impossible, right? Like that's yeah. why we were all calling for pass plays constantly mm-hmm. is because Dallas was down so much. But, you yeah. know, it's it's a difficult math there. And I think part a large part of this problem obviously was just the disappointing play of the defense.
0: Yeah. With the maddening part about this defense is that even when they're not doing well, there's a lot of people doing stuff, right? I mean, I saw a lot of plays where Leighton Vander Esch was roboting to a deep crosser, taking away big plays. I saw plays where, you know, Antoine Woods was taking on two blockers in the run game. I saw plays where Malik Collins was hitting a nice spin move to create pressure, but it's just that they can't get everybody to do it at the same time. You know, it's like that play, the deep play to, uh, the 92-yard touchdown of Robbie Anderson. You know, Chidobe yeah. Uzi bites on the double move, but Jeff Heath is late reacting to uh to range over to the range over to the uh, sideline side to make a play on the ball. Yeah. If Xavier Woods is back there, we've seen time and time again that he makes plus breaks on the ball, and he would have been there. He would have been able to disrupt it. I'm just really frustrated with I'm. Re- everybody knows I'm really frustrated with Jeff Heath and I've been really frustrated with Jeff Heath and that was just the greatest illustration of why I'm frustrated with why Jeff Heath is a starting safety on this team but
1: yeah yeah and and the the problem is is that they had they had good answers for big plays whenever they wanted them you know they had Mm a wheel a wheel route on their back pocket which always seems to give us problems they had a great cover three beater that they got to uh, uh, Robbie Anderson for a big play you know I mean they had answers and when and when they needed them, they got them. And and yep. and Dallas didn't seem to have any, have any solutions to those, to the uh, what the Jets were doing to them until until the second it half. Was,
0: it was a really good game plan from the Jets. I mean, their their way of taking away the Cowboys' pass rush. Everybody prior to that was doubling Lawrence, doubling Quinn, but the Jets made up. They were going to say, "We're going to do a quick passing game to keep your." to keep your pass rush off balance. And then we're going to take those, you know, those, those select shots downfield to get those chunk plays. And that's what happened. You know, work to a tee. Yeah. Um
1: Yeah. Uh, I think ultimately at the end of the day, uh, Dallas's defense has got to find a way to, to tighten up. Like this is, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's a situation where it is, they're feeding into each other in a negative way. And, uh, you know, it, it's got to start with everyone kind of just doing their jobs properly. I'm hoping that with another week of Woods back, hopefully he gets his feet, even uh, Antoine Woods getting his feet back underneath him will help with, and I'm excuse me for a sneeze. That was a sneeze. I just blocked. Thank Isn't you. Tight. Thank you. Um, you know, I think that was, that will hopefully help. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that they just need to kind of figure things out a little bit and just play good defense, solid defense. Anything else on the defense? Uh, I think it's time for us to
0: move on yeah no I think I think I think you hit everything yeah you know, uh, just I, stop no more slander of Demarcus Lawrence. We're not putting up with that yeah. we're not putting up with that no no d law slander allowed to every to all listeners
1: yeah i I <laughs> totally agree, and finally, just to kind of get in this quickly, my nah bra of the week is the referees. look here's the thing six fucking snaps in a row where a penalty got called when the game was yeah. under two minutes is oh, absolutely unacceptable, regardless of whether they, whether they were a call called for us yeah, who they were, or not, or I even, even said, if they weren't.
0: Yeah, I even said it after the one that went in the Cowboys favor. I was like, this is just enough. Can yeah, we just play. And then ultimately,
1: again, the, the thing that made it even more egregious is that when the actual penalty call had happened, when you needed the penalty, then the obvious defensive pass interference that happened on the two-point try... You're you're not going to get it because they just finished calling six six penalties in a row and they're conscious of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so I I don't want to get into the whole thing again, but the fact what happened last week, what happened this week, combined with what happened with the the Packers and the Lions game again, like mm-hmm. it's just enough that the naw bra is really how the refereeing has made me feel about the entire league. I just don't yeah. I don't trust it anymore, and it, and it's made me really question. The fairness in this league, in a way that uh, it's not good for someone who watches the league, Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, yeah, I I think at this point, I just, I feel it's, it's, it's become a huge problem. So, anything else before we go, John? I know you got, you got to run.
0: No, sir. Thank you,
1: guys. We're so sorry. I mean, again, abbreviated show this week. We promise next week will be different. Um, Next, uh, make sure you guys follow us all on Twitter at McCoolBCB John is at John Owning and together we are at Best Coast Boys with Z at the end special thanks as always to Mike Fisher at Fish Sports catch us all on Cowboys Maven that's mavensports.io forward slash Cowboys or wherever you get your iOS, iPhone or Google Play, Android uh, podcast rate and review us five stars don't be a hater Uh, again i I point to the video of john kicking that guy's ass and um and i I say that was years ago he and he's so much better now and and he can make it like really painful he puts salt on his fist it's it's dark anyways uh thank you guys so much for joining us and until next week happy trails everybody